What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins. Today is Wednesday, January 11th, 2023. We're continuing to prepare for the Dolphins wildcard matchup against the Buffalo Bills. Some fun factoids, an update on injuries, lots of stuff today. So we're going to go ahead and dive right in. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Wednesday, January 11th, 2023. And today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 extra money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match with promo code locked on up to $100. It's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, uh, co-founder of the Draft Network, and very much in the playoff weeds. And also in kind of like this self-reflection mode if we're being honest as it pertains to the Dolphins and um what this team has done this year and the roller coaster ride that they put us all on and how I've I've made the New Year's resolution that I'm not going to be as emotionally available this year uh certainly took the wind out of my sails with the scare that the Dolphins had but nine and eight getting in there were elements of just about every storyline. I think this is the coolest thing about this season for me. Now that we know what the full picture is, and we know that this is a playoff team and we know this is a team that has a winning record and is contending and is going to get a chance to, to go make some noise, whether or not they ultimately do that. Those will be conversations for other times. But I remember in the preseason, like a training camp, I went down to training camp. And the questions that I had were, well, Kyle, what happens if the offensive line, uh, the offensive tackle, like what happens if we got to deal with Teron Armstead injury and um, did we do enough at offensive tackle? What happens if Zayvon Howard gets hurt or Byron Jones doesn't come back? It's like all of those worst case scenarios that were like, well, what if this happens? Guys, we got like every single one of them. <laughs> if you really think about it, it was like, aren't we a little top heavy here? Aren't we a little top heavy here? Aren't we a little top heavy here? Yeah. Yeah, you were. And um, what ultimately ends up happening is you guys get guys that step into opportunities and some guys don't make the most of those opportunities, but other guys do, right? And I don't, I don't think it should be a stretch based on if you just watch the tape, Cater Kohu is the best cornerback on the Dolphins roster at this point in time. I'm not saying next year when Xavier Howard is back to 100% health that he won't be back to the version of himself that we have come to expect over the last several seasons. But I'm just saying, if you look at how well they are playing right now, Cater Kohu is the best cornerback on the Dolphins. And it was, well, what happens if Xavier Howard and Byron Jones get hurt? Well, then Nick Needham's going to have to step in outside, and then Nick Needham goes down and Cater Kohu got an opportunity, and he's become a player that's going to be a staple of this team for several years. And he's playing a really good le- – like the Jets tape, guys. The Jets tape was awesome. Cater Kohu 
is out here. He matched better on Garrett Wilson than I thought Xavier Howard did. Cater was tested a bunch, and he does he does not blink. He's got the right DNA to play that position. Really, really impressive kid. Uh, what happens if um, well, Austin Jackson doesn't get any better? Well, we don't know if he did or not because he didn't play this year, really. Um, but you sign a street free agent in Brandon Shell, who, like, I am going to be actively hoping that the Dolphins sign to an extension this offseason. I think you could do a lot worse things than make sure that Brandon Shell is back on the roster to be your swing tackle, right? And we'll talk about swing tackle and what the Dolphins do uh, to get better at some of these spots. But at the end of the day, ultimately, like, that's supposed to be your swing tackle. And he just played a whole season for you. And I, I don't know whether or not we're going to see him. It doesn't sound promising with a high ankle sprain and a knee sprain that, that we'll see Brandon Shell in the playoff game. And, you know, that's a really big bummer because he played a lot of – was he a perfect player? No. But that was the question during training camp. We had all these doomsday scenarios. And, guys, like, a bunch of them were realized. And I'm not sitting here making excuses for 9-8 and eight or saying that it's acceptable or that this team from a record perspective didn't underachieve and there weren't a lot of missed opportunities and that the injuries at several positions are going to continue to be problems. Like I acknowledge all that's true. Those things can simultaneously be true, but I just couldn't help but laugh because you're obviously getting ready for a playoff game. And then the reality of that is sinking in. And you think about the journey that you've been on to get here. And I remember the questions about those things and you kind of laugh and you say, well, like, well, yeah, uh, you could look at every roster in the NFL, and if their top two corners go down and their top two tackles go down, you're going to have problems, right? <laughs> the Dolphins, through stretches of this season, did they live that. They lived that. But they had guys who were put into opportunities who you've identified as pieces that I hope are part of this team for the next several seasons, if not longer. And that's a really cool kind of subplot to think about from where we started to where we are. Uh, obviously, the, the point of emphasis for this Dolphins team uh, was when they made the change last year with Brian Flores, and yesterday was the one-year anniversary of Brian Flores being dismissed as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, um, to get better offensively, better collaboration. And I got the stats right over here. Uh, the Dolphins went from 22nd and 25th in points and yards, respectively to 11th in points and 6th in yards offensively. Did I say defensively? I meant offensively. In a, in a one-year stretch of time with the change from Brian Flores to Mike McDaniel. And I know there were some, some people that asked, you know, what would Brian Flores have done this year with this team, to which I say he doesn't have this team. Well, Brian Flores, if Brian Flores was brought back, Brian Flores probably doesn't sign off on the Tyreek Hill acquisition. Right. He talks about I'm not a big star player guy. That was the big evolution for Miami this offseason. Stars. You got some stars in the building now. You have some established top talent, big personality type players. And I don't think that ever would have flown into Brian Flores building here in Miami. So um that obviously being a big point of emphasis, the 397 points scored by the Dolphins this season was the uh, sixth highest point total in a regular season in the history of the organization. It trailed 84, 85, and 86, 95, 
The Chan Gailey year in 2020 scored 404. And then 2022 scored um, 397. It was eight more points than 94 and 1983. So some good company uh, as far as point totals. And of course, you know, there was an extra game this year that got us into that stratosphere. But let's also not lose sight on the the fact that the team scored 11 points (laughs) in their bonus game, which would have put them at 386. Uh, and that still would have been top 10 all time. Uh, the only other season that was not mentioned that would have been more points than that was the Joe Philbin, Ryan Tannehill, Mike Wallace year in 2014, which they scored 388 points. So obviously we're we're getting close to crossover Thursday tomorrow with Joe Marino of Locked On Bills, and I'm looking forward to that conversation. And we're going to talk a lot about the matchup on Friday. So this is kind of like a weird in-between. And I got some good feedback from a couple of you guys who were like, hey, Kyle, like, love the show. Like, love having Joe Rose on. But can we focus on the now? You're in the playoffs. And I respect that. This is why I'm focusing on, like, a um, a big picture where this Dolphins team is. And, of course, we we need to talk about the injuries and Raheem Mostert and Tua Tungvaloa and some of the things Mike McDaniel said, and we we got all that stuff to talk about here today on the show as well. But before we go any further, I want to encourage you guys to go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Meet with an expert who will actually do them for you. TurboTax experts can relieve you from the stress of taxes and file for you so that you can do literally anything other than taxes. Uh, Show your eyes things that aren't taxes. Unpack a moving box of not taxes. I'm in my new home office now, so I would love to have the time to tackle a box and not do taxes, taste not taxes, sing not taxes, a lullaby, hope not taxes, sleeps through the night, grab a saddle and ride not taxes into the sunset. With TurboTax, an expert will do your taxes from start to finish, ensuring your taxes are done right, guaranteed, so that you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more into a TurboTax Full-service products only. Video meeting while expert does your taxes is required. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Uh, one of our other partners here on Locked On that I'm just absolutely stoked about is the Ultimate Pro Football GM game, uh, which is absolutely a blast. Uh, if you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your own football franchise, your dream can come true. This game is for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team. Play through the season and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft, and all the ups and downs of a season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline, so you can play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked on Dolphins listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKED ON, all caps, in the game store. That's LOCKED ON, all caps. Make sure you check it out today. To download the game, visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That is ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. So let's talk about Mike McDaniel, right? We we mentioned we we just passed the one-year anniversary of Brian Flores and his dismissal from the team. And um, Mike McDaniel, in his first season as a Miami Dolphins head coach, finishes the year at nine and eight, uh, with a winning record, with an assist again from the, the 17th game. Uh, he makes the playoffs in his first season again with the 
assist from the seventh playoff spot. And you look historically at the, the lexicon of first-year Miami Dolphins head coaches. It's not a foolproof list, but it is still an impressive list nonetheless. Uh, Coach Wilson in 1966 went 3-11. and Yeah, they didn't make the playoffs. They were minus 149 points and then went 4-10 and and were minus 188 points in his second season. Don Shula in his first season, the team went 10-4 and and lost in the divisional round of the playoffs uh, before going 10-3-1 in his second season and losing in the Super Bowl. They, of course, won the next two Super Bowls. You got a big jump in time, right? Don Shula was here for a minute. Jimmy Johnson in his first season as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins in 1996 went 8-8 and and missed the playoffs. Dave Wanstatt, in his first season as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, went 11-5, and made the playoffs, lost in the divisional round. They were plus 97 points, actually. Uh, Nick Saban, 9-7, and missed the playoffs. Cam Cameron. <laughs> oh, boy. Cam Cameron. 1-15. Needless to say, they missed the playoffs. Tony Sperano. 11 and 5 lost in the wild card round but did indeed make the playoffs. Joe Philbin 7 and 9. Adam Gase 10 and 6 lost in the wild card round. Brian Flores 5 and 11. Mike McDaniel 9 and 8 with a postseason berth. So McDaniel joins Adam Gase, Tony Sperano, Dave Wanstatt, and Don Shula as first year Miami Dolphins head coaches to make the playoffs, okay? So there, there's some good and some bad in that group. Um, it will be fascinating to see how this evolves from here, but again, that's a conversation for another day. It's more so the, the appreciation of the Dolphins made the dance. They punched their ticket, and they made us sweat the entire time, but nevertheless, it's, it's not frequent, um, and, and success beyond that is not guaranteed. So I think that that's certainly something for us to be mindful of while also just enjoying this process. The Dolphins are going to get a chance to go up to Orchard Park. I am actually um, relieved that the game is at 1 o'clock as compared to the last time the Dolphins went up there. Uh, they are calling for partly cloudy, high of 35 on Sunday in Orchard Park, New York. So it'll be cold, but it also won't be obscenely cold. It won't have the same... I mean, look, the Dolphins went to Foxborough and then went to Buffalo twice in, in th a three-week stretch. And Foxborough was two weeks ago. So it's... Playing in these conditions, the, the culture shock's not going to be there. Now, whether or not you have the horses to go up and compete with Buffalo, well, that's a different story, and that's really dependent upon who's available to play in this game and who is, who is not available to play in this game. The big question mark, of course, is uh, to a tongue of Aloha. And here's what Mike McDaniel had to say on Monday when he was asked about to a tongue of Aloha. Uh, he has not been cleared to do non-contact level stuff yet, uh, but they are planning on doing uh, game plans for all three quarterbacks. Uh, he's hoping to have clarity on Wednesday. And Mike McDaniel acknowledged that that he was out working out doing 
non-football related activities. So, of course, if you're you're monitoring the concussion protocol and the way that that works is, I believe it's phase three, is non-football related exercise without any symptoms. It sounds like that's the window that he is in. Mike McDaniel acknowledges Tua Tungvaloa has been involved in uh, non-football related activity. It's not been cleared to do non-contact football specific activity yet but he's out there sweating. He says, I've seen him out. I've seen him post whatever that time is called and he's sweating. So two and two together. That's kind of where we're at. Sounds like this thing might go down to the wire. Now, if we get later today and, and it's reported that Tua Tungvalo is, is doing light work on the side and throwing, that'll probably tell you if we've transitioned to phase four of concussion protocol. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to speculate, unfortunately. Um, I know there's there's a lot of fans for the team. There's a lot of fans uh, of, of football that are interested in this game that want to know will he, won't he. We'll get a better idea as this week unfolds, right? So hopefully when, when you guys are listening to this, and this is dropping on Wednesday morning, uh, it won't be soon after that. And, and you know, maybe we'll we'll get word that he has advanced to the next stage. Uh, but ultimately, you know, the, the respect that's needed for him and his personal well-being, you know, it, that that should be center stage in whatever decision and direction ultimately uh, is made for him and the Miami Dolphins. Now, certainly hope to see him out there um, because he gives the Dolphins the best chance to win, right? But But winning a playoff game versus the rest of your life for him as an individual, we, we can all put that in perspective and understand why that conversation is is kind of secondary to the, the personal elements as well. Um, as far as the rest of these guys, oh, I know Tyree Kill banged up. Uh, he's a warrior, though. Like, if these, if these guys are anywhere near coin toss, I'd expect you're going to play, right? It's a playoff game. You got a chance to play for a champion, like confirmed chance to play for a championship. Uh, Mike McDaniel was asking... Or, or was asked uh, about Raheem Mostert earlier in the week. He said he's not engaging in any competitive games with Thumb War because he broke his thumb. Um, he was asked, will he need surgery? And as a secondary thing, I can't help but ask you, how do you have so many guys on your backfield with hand injuries at the same time? Mike McDaniel said, either you're coaching it or you're allowing it to happen. No, I think there's some extenuating circumstances in the game of football. Sometimes when it rains, it pours. And that goes back to what we talked about with all of our doomsday scenarios for training camp, we got like all of them <laughs> at one point or another throughout the course of this season. Um, and Mike said, I, I believe you can't really hold me to it, but I believe he'll be getting surgery. But again, I know that I believe his surgery was going to be today, but they are both hand or thumb injuries. They're very different. Alec Engel and Raheem Mostert. So they're not really comparable. Um, and then he goes on to dismiss the, the specifics of, of him being qualified to talk about any of their specific situation. You know, um, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I saw the look in Raheem Mostert's eye on Sunday against the Jets. That angry run, running guys over. The, the He's flipped a switch. He's flipped a switch. And I would not be surprised. And I don't know anything. I haven't talked to anybody. But just 
seeing how Raheem has run, seeing the look in his eyes and understanding that he's having surgery for a thumb, would I be surprised if Raheem Mostert tried to go on Sunday? No. I mean, Mike McDaniel also said, it's a serious injury. It's hard to know if he'll be able to play this week. He didn't say he's not playing. And that's one thing Mike McDaniel has usually done. If a guy's out, he's been pretty quick to put the kibosh on some of these early. And he didn't do that with Raheem Mostert. So I expect we'll see Waddle. I expect we'll see Tyreek Hill. I expect we'll see Raheem Mostert. Just based off of seeing him and how he's played and the level of intensity that he's dialed up to and the fact that they left the door open for it, I expect him to go. I won't be mad or disappointed if he doesn't because the dude's got a broken thumb. So I get it. But kind of the sense that Raheem Mostert's putting out, that dude's a warrior, man. So I'm not saying this to, to sit here and pedal hope for a playoff game or anything like that. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen, and I'm going to enjoy it. I have no expectation. This is house money, right? Because everybody wrote off the Dolphins from, from actually surviving this and getting into the dance. Uh, probably two weeks ago. We're here. I'm going to enjoy it. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen, and we'll deal with the aftermath once it happens. Prize picks. Daily fantasy done right. Pick two to five players, and if they go more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 extra money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It is just you versus the projections available in-house. They offer projections on any sport that you watch, and entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. With safe and fast withdrawals, it is currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, they will put in another $100. If you put in 50, they will give you another 50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. The other thing that I wanted to acknowledge uh, that, that came out a little earlier this week, and we didn't touch on it with Joe Rose, uh, but, but we had the Dolphins announce their award winners uh, for the 2022 season. And this is, a good, this is a good list. It's a good group of players. Tyreek Hill, was named the Dan Marino Most Valuable Player of the 2022 Miami Dolphins. Quarterback Tua Tungvalo earned the Don Shula Leadership Award. Fullback Alec Ingold was named the team's Ed Block Courage Award winner and defensive end Emmanuel Ogbo, the Nat Moore Community Service Award. Tyreek Hill finished the season with 119 receptions for 1,710 yards. According to uh, the Miami Dolphins uh, communications department, those 1,710 yards are the most that any player has received in his first season with a team. It's seven 100-yard performances, second most in a season in team history. Uh, he also led the league in fourth quarter receiving yards at 478. Hill is the 17th player in Dolphins history to be named the MVP in his first season with the team, the most recent member of that list, Jalen Wilde. Obviously, Tonga Valoa, uh, the quarterback, uh, the Don Shula Leadership Award, according to the communications department, is voted on by the players and given to the teammate who exhibits best leadership on and off the field. 
was renamed the Don Shula Leadership Award in 2005 to reflect the accomplishments of the Hall of Fame head coach. Tagovailoa is the fourth quarterback in team history to win the award since it first appeared in 89, joining Ryan Fitzpatrick, Chad Pennington, and Dan Marino, who won it twice. Fitzpatrick also won it twice in 2019 and 2020. Alec Ingold, Ed Block Courage Award, selected by the Dolphins Athletic Training Stamp to symbolize professionalism, great strength, and dedication. Honoree is a community role model, uh, obviously with, with Ingold coming back from an injury from last year and, and becoming the, the critical role player that he's been for the Dolphins uh, kind of speaks for itself. Uh, he's also credited uh, with serving in the community his first year in Miami, especially with organizations that support children and families in foster care systems. And then Emmanuel Agba, uh, tip your cap to Emmanuel Agba, obviously a trying year for him. Um, the, the season ending injury, the triceps injury, uh, and hopefully he's able to bounce back. Uh, and, and be a better version of himself than he's ever been. Uh, you certainly know, based on Emmanuel Agba and, and what he's been since he got to Miami, that he's the right kind of player to bounce back and, and not let that adversity derail him. Um, since joining the Dolphins, this is from the communications department, since joining the Dolphins in 2020, Agba has embedded himself in the South Florida community and dedicates his efforts towards youth mentorship and education. This year he established the Emmanuel Agua Rise Above Foundation to provide scholarships, resources, and mentorship to underserved youth. He's a regular presence at the Boys and Girls Clubs around South Florida and is found on his off days visiting multiple club locations to spend time with students. He's hosted a Thanksgiving meal distribution with Feeding South Florida, provided holiday gifts for over 50 Boys and Girls Club children. Uh, yeah, it's the kind of guy that you want in your locker room, right? And that that's what makes the business element of football tough, right? Because we're going to get into this off season. We're going to talk about the defensive end room and we're going to talk about Agba and his outlook as a long-term member of that group. And like at the end of the day, it, that's what makes it tough it is a guy like Agba is such a strong presence and beacon. And the dolphins have been phenomenal with that in general. And a lot of that is a testament to the late Jason Jenkins and all the work. Uh, that he did to make sure that the Dolphins were uh, a beacon of good and hope in the, the South Florida community for so many um, underprivileged or or underrepresented. The Dolphins have, have it's been one of the big sources of pride since I've covered, started covering the Dolphins with uh, USA Today's Dolphins Wire, which I did for about three years, uh, and now my two year stint here plus on on Locked On Dolphins. So, so um, wanted to make sure I gave those guys their due, uh, the award winners from this year's team, uh, as I reflect big picture the path that the team came on the fact that we're here we're going to dive headfirst into buffalo uh starting tomorrow we'll do the crossover with joe uh, marino of locked on bills and of course if you're you're familiar with joe marino and i at all uh we were the best men in each other's weddings uh we are the absolute best of friends we're co-founders of draft network together we do draft dudes every day as a podcast there's a lot of familiarity there uh the rivalry uh, hopefully it, it can continue to be an actual rivalry. Um, but we, we absolutely love talking football in all phases together. And we're going to have an absolutely great show lined up for you guys to get you guys ready for a playoff game. And uh, I think there's, there'll be some good thoughts on both sides of, of this matchup between Joe and myself. So make sure you hit subscribe, keep it locked in right here on locked on dolphins. That's going to do it for us today. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your Wednesday. Keep your eyes peeled for any news as it pertains to Dolphins players, practicing, not practicing, so on and so forth. I'll talk to you all again tomorrow for Crossover Thursday.